3: Good day to you, Chris Evans here and welcome to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the one, the only, Brian Adams rocks our socks off with news of his 15th studio album, So Happy It Hurts and It's So Good. Comedian and best-selling author Ellie Taylor turns the pages of her brand new book, *My Child and Other Mistakes*. Line of GT star Martin Constant throws open the doors of his new ITV thriller *Our House*. Broadcaster extraordinaire Louise Minchin tells us all about hosting her Breaking Bias panel via the Sun Online for International Women's Day. International, International Women's Day. Day, two, three, four. International Women's Day. International Women's Day. Day. Enough. <gasps> All of that and so much more to come, so Dapper Dave, pray
4: tell who's first. He's the man responsible for literally one of the biggest hits in the world ever, but there's always music to be made. His new album, So Happy It Hurts, is out on Friday. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can keep your Gucci shoes and designer boots because <laughs> we're going to try on the one and only Brian
3: Adams! All right, hey. Brian! <laughs> how what, are an, you? what an
4: introduction.
2: Uh, how are you, pal? Very well, thank you.
3: Okay, so So Happy It Hurts is the brand new album. It's out this Friday. Um, there is a title track on that album, many other tracks too. It's great. Thank you. It's really cool, man. I love it. So, sound-wise, um, what are you channeling? Um,
2: just uh, rocking what's... out as always, you know, like my, like the old one. That's yeah. the new one. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, more more me.
3: Well, I love it. That's I what happens
2: it. when you put me in a lockdown. Seriously. Yeah. Take us through that. Take us through that. T- well, just I mean, the, we, There was a moment, you know. You know, when you think you're going to die and that's it, you're not, you've got no more gigs going on. You've got to find that inner strength and came back with a record.
3: Did you honestly feel like that?
2: Yeah, I actually did. I, th- I thought, I, mean, I wasn't despondent. I just thought, okay, well. That's it. That's it. It's over. We've, we've done it. And... um it, I really did feel like that we, we're, we'll never gig again.
3: Right. So when did you... How long did that last for that funk? An understandable funk, by the way. You weren't the only one thinking that for, for so many reasons. Not just a musical, but theatre, you know. just gen, yeah. Gen, retailers going it's, out, know, you know. I know, mad.
2: Well, I mean, I, I didn't... As I said, I didn't get really down about it. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to concentrate on getting all the bits of paper out of my pockets that had all the ideas in it right. and start putting them together and that's what I did so for about six months I just knuckled down and made, and I couldn't put my band together because they wouldn't leave the house yeah so I just sat down and just figured it out myself you
3: yeah, see so it was quite a stoic approach then you thought okay well this is how it is so what can I do yeah. uh, make let's, a record well it's not focused on what I can't do because I can't do it no. uh, so you can make a record make a music make some music all right so what happened next to what happened to all those bits of paper that sounds quite David Bowie-esque if you don't mind me saying
2: <laughs> did he do that as well yeah yeah, that they just got put in the bin and I I sort of <laughs>
3: <laughs> He didn't do that bit.
2: <laughs> no, I I wrote them all down uh, on a on a sort of I made a sort of uh, a thing on my computer where I put all, put all the ideas down. And then every morning I would just get up and start working on ideas until I created some songs.
3: Yeah. That's it. Oh, super cool. Um is
2: this set here in uh, England? Where were you at the time? Um well, my my studio is in Vancouver, Canada. Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: And you famously collect a load of uh, equipment, don't you? You're a vintage microphone collector. <laughs>
2: At one time, I was. Yeah. I stopped oh, doing that. Have you given that up? Well, only because I got no more space for them.
3: Oh, so you still have a collection?
2: I've still got a great collection of them. Yeah. Uh, and it, he's, he's, I used to do it when I was on tour. I would go down to flea markets and because there was nothing else to do, and I would just <laughs> I would just dig around in flea markets in boxes in the back until I well. found.
5: The
3: thing what? is, there are, lo- there are lots of other things to do, but not helpful when you're on
5: tour. <laughs>
2: well, that's it. <laughs> just no, staying I, out of trouble. Up, isn't what it? am I going to do today? I've got, I'm in some town somewhere. It's yeah. like, let's just go down to the flea market and see what we can dig up. And yeah. I found, lo- I just started collecting microphones.
3: Yeah, it is. How can I stay out of trouble today before seven thirty this evening on stage? <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? That's all it is. It's yeah. either that or golf.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Alice Cooper. Um,
3: and so, but then you started to sort of deploy different uh, vintage equipment on, on various tracks because they would they, do. They, 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 depending on what it is, it does have a sound that you can't really recreate. Well,
2: we we did, um, uh, we, <laughs> interestingly, I, I went back and re-recorded uh, a couple of, this, even the Run To You, I did a re-recording of it. And we, we were uh, listening to the, the guitar sounds and I couldn't work out what I used back then. And then I suddenly realised that it was this little box that I had called a Rockman. And they only made them in the 80s. And it was, it was the sound for many, many records, for most not just mine, many people. And I, I remember that I had it still in the basement. And so I went and dug it up and brought it out. And so some of the sounds on this record are using that box as well.
3: Well, OK, now that gets us very neatly onto um, a, another album, because this isn't just the dawning of a, a brand-new single, Brian Adams' album, but there's three on the bounce coming out,
2: I'm hearing. Well, there's one out already, right. which is uh, I, uh, Pretty Woman... Uh, the, the, the musical, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've done done that, and then that's that came out yesterday, and then uh, on Friday we've got uh, the new album, so happy it hurts. Okay, and then in a month's time I've got uh, a re-recordings record called Classic, where I've taken a lot of my original recordings and re-recorded them.
3: See, I'm really excited about that. Well, I am too. <laughs> that's why I'm putting them out no I get it I get it but I'm excited because I wonder I wonder where you've gone with that particular experiment and how different because you know you will have approached each track differently I suppose depending on what you know the raw material in the first place and then how you're feeling about it on the day and how you, your re- relationship with that particular song
2: over the years well the difference the biggest difference is they all all the songs have endings uh, whereas they didn't have endings uh, on the originals because they would just fade out I know. back back then you just fade the song out out. and so now these all have the endings which I've worked out from years and years of touring.
3: Wow it's so cool Brian it's so so cool But <laughs> people who don't know tell everyone about that one pound record deal a uh, one dollar record deal sorry.
2: Well I signed when I was 18 and they on the, on the contract I signed they didn't give me any money they just said well we'll sign you and see what happens and so there was a no risk deal for them and terrible royalty rate and I, I said okay well I was 18 I thought okay well, I've got nothing else going on so I'll do it and I did it but on the deal it says you have to in order for this to be a real contract you have to exchange some money so they they gave me the incredible sum of exactly a dollar and I so I said to the president of the company after the album came out, I said you know, where's my dollar? He said, "I'll send it to you." Did he ever send it? I've got it framed in my Honest office. Honest to God. Honest to God. Why, got, I love I've, that. I, I, he sent it to me. I've never cashed it. Um, what was <laughs> what was in the, what was the ballpark of the difference between your first record deal and your second? <laughs> was it the substantial ballpark was I got. I, I mean, we got paid uh, finally on by, the, by the time I got my second one. On the first one, I just didn't get paid. Got
3: it. All right.
2: Is um, there anything you'd like to say to your fans before we park? Company? Just great to be back in the UK and really happy to be finally playing some gigs again. We did a gig last night at this club in, in Kingston and um, it was just great to see everyone without a mask. It's got
3: the I Record think. Store gig because yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing loads of them at yeah. the moment. That seems Bank to rate. be the place to go. It is, yeah. To start off any kind it, of It was really heat. good. Really Great fun, man. yeah.
2: So Brian. thanks to everybody that came out last night and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Albert Hall and the O2 and everywhere else in the and UK. my house, my house. And maybe at Chris's place. Okay, is, how,
3: is that more than 50-50 now? Has that gone up? We dialed up a bit?
2: It's not even 50, mate. Right. Okay, what have I got to do? Tell me off the talk, air. Just, yeah.
3: Okay,
0: all right. Brian, thank you. <laughs> all right. Good to see you, Chris. I love you thanks. like a brother. <laughs> thank you. I really do. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: Having children is notoriously very easy, but just in case it's blowing your mind, our next guest is here to help. Her book, My Child and Other Mistakes, is out now and here to help us navigate the sea of nappies, tantrums and various bodily fluids is the literary mother-chuckler, Ellie Taylor! Yeah, you (laughs) mother-chuckler. Well done, Dave, that was awesome.
1: I like that, thank you. How are you, Ellie? Very well, thanks. What a book,
3: what a book. My Child and Other Mistakes, How to Ruin Your Life in the Best Way Possible.
1: Yeah, man. Hurrah! Hurrah,
3: it's awful, but brilliant. But first of all, before you bag a baby, you have to bag... uh, partner, usually. uh, You did in the end. Yes. That was interesting.
1: Yes, I got a nice husband. Um, He's alright. Yeah, he's Australian, unfortunately. But but the proposal crept
3: up on you one day, didn't it? Oh
1: my god, I was absolutely gagging for a proposal, so much. (laughs) Um, And I'd been really, really annoyed that he hadn't proposed me, because I just thought I was a great prospect. Why wouldn't he? Um, And very annoyed, very annoyed, sitting in Covent Garden one day, having uh, dinner with my friend, and then suddenly um, a flash mob came out and surprised me, and it was my husband doing a proposal. But I didn't know that I just thought I was in the middle of some kind of satanic ritual and was going to be like disemboweled in Covent Garden per Piazza. Luckily, there was a ring involved and it was all fine. Thank yeah, you very
3: much. I mean that's a very shorthand version of the story in the book, but it's great because you do go <laughs> for a drink with your pal and you're yeah. in the middle of being so frustrated because he's supposed to be away somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere he, supposed he was to in, be in Russia. Russia. He's supposed yeah. to be in Russia. Then these people start singing and yeah, it's a bit of fun and I don't mind a bit of karaoke, but I wish they'd shut up. Yeah, and then they get even louder and louder and louder. And you think, what is going on with these people? <laughs> then they get closer and closer and Closer.
1: and it must be really weird to be flash mobs yeah if you don't know a flash mob is happening it's terrifying <laughs> terrifying but it, there was a happy ending it was a very happy ending
3: so he taps you on the shoulder what happens next
1: um and he said this is all what? for you by the way what
3: were they singing I can't
5: remember
1: oh some kind of mash up of Florence and the Machiners I can't I've blocked it out I was too scared I was going to die um and the, yeah, he turned around and said, this is all for you, and then pulled out a ring, and uh, there we go. Pretty impressive. All the tourists around us couldn't give a monkeys. Covent well.
3: Garden, <laughs> mates in on it, flash mob yeah. book, they've been rehearsing. Yeah,
1: he did say that that is the most romantic thing um, anyone's ever done, so he never has to do anything romantic ag- again. And he's really lived by that he's sentiment. He's delivered on that yeah, promise. Yeah, done absolutely nothing.
3: All right, all this is in the book. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, you know, I mean, what gives anybody the right to think they have uh, something new to say about giving birth? But of course, you know, everybody does. 'Cause every story is different. Your book to me read like uh the Bible, right? Oh, wow. The Old Testament <laughs> and the New Testament, but <laughs> right. the other way around. Right. Do you know what I mean by right. that? Right.
1: Well no, tell me.
3: Well, it, it was it's pre and post, isn't it?
1: Right, yes, yes, yes. Because
3: yeah. all the all the sort of all the it was alright wasn't it leading up to it in the oh, end yeah, yes, but then for afterwards sure. you were not you You were expecting the worst before and the best afterwards and in a way it was the other way yeah, around.
1: Yeah I think just having a kid you, you, you know it's you, you, people tell you it's going to be hard it's going to be hard but you can't quite grasp what that means especially I think mentally for a woman who's had the child how much your life can implode and yep. they do not prepare for that in NCT they tell you how to swaddle and change a nappy but not like your life might feel like it's ruined and your life is sort of haunted for a while but also so that you will get through it, and as bad as in bleak it can sort of feel at the beginning, there is so much joy at the other end of it all.
3: And you meet the good guys and the bad guys on the way.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. The good
3: cops and the bad cops.
1: The good cops and the bad cops. And I think the good cops are the people who just say it will get better. You're going to be all right. You look wonderful, even if you look absolutely rubbish. Yeah. And you haven't had a shower for three days, and you've been crying in the same pair of knickers. Yeah. Um, just people to pep you up and say it's going to be okay. And it's very normal to not like the beginning. That's fine. And a
3: friendly voice who says, yes, you can have a cesarean. Yes. I suppose to. No, you can't have a cesarean.
1: Yes. Did that happen to you? Yes. I I wanted a cesarean for various uh, medical bits and bobs and um, I um, had to sort of fight for it, which wasn't the most pleasant experience and I had quite a snooty doctor um, who sort of laughed me out of her room, which made me feel rubbish. But then I found a lovely doctor who made me feel validated and seen and to be able to have the birth that you want I think is so important. Because I think in birth so often we sort of focus on the baby. It's all about the baby but we forget that there's a woman involved as well there are two people involved in birth and I think to um to give the the woman a birth and you know aftercare where she feels seen and supported um is so important
3: so that was the that was the biggest pre-hump bump that I can sort of discern from the book and the biggest post bump or hump because there's bumps and humps in this story (laughs) obviously there's the the bump in question uh was um was the 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 uh, chapter, of the story, the retelling, the reflection of you, um, and it ends with respect women's pain because yeah. tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah,
1: so I had a gorgeous cesarean birth. It was one of the most joyful experiences I can imagine a birth could be. It was lovely, really fun, which is a weird word to ascribe to a birth, but it was. And then, but after that, um, so I had this wonderful NHS care. Then after that, when I was. Um, uh, discharged to go home I wasn't given any pain relief um, because I was told it would go into the breast milk and affect the baby and I you know I didn't know what was usual I just assumed that that was absolutely fine and you know that was practice to not give anyone uh, painkillers after you've been cut in half and just to get you know Nurofen that you could get from the petrol station for a hangover so that's what I went home with and I was in so much pain and then sort of chased up her friend who was a GP and she said actually no that's you can get some more painkillers and eventually through my you know through going through my GPs I got something better but it was I just always feel a little bit resentful to that particular doctor for whatever reason decided not to offer me something stronger when there are options out there and I just think often women's pain is not respected Um, it's sort of seen as you know they it's not real you can, you can get through it you can tough it out I don't want to endure that didn't make me a very good mum for the first few weeks when I was in so much blooming pain and I could have been given something stronger
3: Ellie Taylor what a book
1: thank you Chris already, thank a, you so already
3: a Sunday Times bestseller what a show today I feel quite emotional
0: because it's mm. been so joyous hasn't it yeah
3: and boy oh boy hey now all the world needs now
0: right we're gonna go the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: If you thought moving house was stressful, just wait until you watch our next guest new series. His ITV thriller, Our House, starts tonight at 9pm and here to pull back the very expensive curtains hanging in a very nice kitchen is the always fantastic Martin Comston. Good morning, Martin. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Well, we're fine. How are you
3: after your away uh, day, at Celtic Liv- Livingston yesterday? I hear, you, hear you're a bit
7: shabby this morning. Marked? I'm a little bit tender, a little bit tender, <laughs> but you know, three points in the bag. Uh, yeah, it's my first time, I've been on the road quite a bit, so it's actually it's the first time I was out with the lads as well in a long time, so it was a cracking day.
3: You were, you are a massive uh, Celtic fan, of course you are. So how does a day out with the lads after some while, how does that begin? What time, do you, where do you muster, <laughs> do you have a designated driver, you want a coach?
7: Um, you know? Yeah, no, we're on the bus, on the supporters bus, you've got to go all in, you've Right, have do it properly. Um, so, yeah, usual, just a early couple of beers and and get to it. But uh, it was a great day. Good so for I you. Definitely, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. No, no, it's all good in the
3: hood, mate. If we, I wish, you know, if it was an option for any of us, most of us would say yes. Thank you very much indeed. So, <laughs> Martin, you can be too chilled and too thrilled by uh, what goes on on your telly. Now, we all watch your programme. We all watched episode one over the weekend. I couldn't watch episode two because I was too anxious. After what I saw, first of all, do you want to frame up what our house is? I mean, it's it's uh, an adaptation of a 2018 Sunday Times best-selling novel. I know that, and I've seen episode one, yeah. as I to say. How would you like to frame it for people listening?
7: Um, it, it kind of begins. It's sort of like a relationship drama around the breakdown of a marriage. So it's kind of it's it, pack, it really does pack an emotional punch. But it then morphs into this thriller, this sort of classic ITV creepy middle-class suburbia. Yeah, and it just sort of, uh, tends to go wrong. But what's really exciting for me is like, people like yourself saying they've watched the first episode and it's stressful. And on the stress of me, that's about a six compared to where it goes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of cliffhangers. So, so I'm hoping people are going to enjoy it.
3: What? The first episode is like a six out of ten is what you're telling me. <laughs>
7: Yeah, on the stress mirror, for sure. Yeah, it's, the stuff that comes is, is oh, wild. goodness me.
3: Well, I, I took some time to recover last night, let me tell you. Vasus, you didn't feel dissimilar.
7: Yeah, so, I mean, a show that starts when you come home and somebody else is moving into your house and it's been sold without your knowledge, that's a six. And then what happens, and I don't want to say what happens at the end, but if what happens at the end of episode one is a six, then, <laughs> then like, take cover, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, again, it's, it's really exciting when you start... The book's best selling, so you know there's an audience for it. Yeah. Um, but the scripts were fantastic. Uh, I think, not, not to be including myself here, but I think they cast it really well. I think Tuppence leading the charge is, fun, is amazing. Rupert Bouquet, yeah. So I think, I really think it could do well. And also the format it's in uh, over four nights. It's not, because I really do think, I, I'm not a fan of dropping episodes all at the same time because there's definitely something in, especially something with cliffhangers, the shared viewing experience people watching it the night before, talking about it the next day. But the fact it's over four nights is like, the closest thing you'll get to a binge.
3: Yeah, it's also unfair on the audience. It takes more than a day to recover from one of these damn things.
7: So uh, yeah, I know, but I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am.
3: Gross. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't blame you, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, now we've uh, we've we've sort of done our done our job as far as getting people, hopefully, wasting uh, their appetite enough to get them to tune in tonight, at 9 p.m. on ITV. Let's just talk about the house. We all want the house. We all want to live in the house. Where is the house?
7: Uh, the house, I think, is in Peckham Rye, It's mm-hmm. next to the park there. And as the, the house itself does become somewhat of a character in the book. And it's, I always think good telly uh, does make you anxious. It gets you frustrated. Um, you're just screaming at the characters at to talk top. Because the thing with this, if if they'd probably just sold the house and downsized and go their separate ways, everything would have been fine. But we are in this world now, especially in London. I think everybody's terrified of, of selling because they don't think they'll get back in just with house prices. So the sort of life... Uh, revolves around this house rather than sort of what well, should just be their feelings and their mental health. But yeah, um, it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful place to film. So hopefully, it all comes through. All
3: right. Once again, uh, if you do have an hour spare tonight to watch a bit of telly, you will not do any better than our house. That's tonight, at nine pm, ITV and ITV Hub. Before you go, before you go, Martin, what's this um, Scottish fling? I hear you're filming or about to film.
7: Yeah, it's uh, me, my pal, uh, Phil MacHugh. Actually, started because Phil's uh, from the island, so he. He's uh, bilingual. He speaks Gaelic, and um, I was got. I started learning it with him. Um, so we had an idea of a documentary based around that, and then it's just sort of evolved. So yeah, we're going to go around all around Scotland, put like a road trip and take in the sights and meet as many people as we can.
3: See, I love it when mates get together and, you know, ha- form or, or pitch a TV show as an excuse to have a right laugh, learn more about something <laughs> they love. You know, we've seen it yeah. with whiskey. We've seen it with motorbikes and with cars. Of course we have. We've seen it with surfing.
7: Um, where do you think you might end I can't up? I can lie, that that's definitely part of it. I mean, it's just uh, there is a bit of it's going to just be an adventure and having a laugh with your mate for sure. I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even hide that.
3: What do you have in your in your what targets do you have in your your sights? What's on you?
7: Um, well, there your will be a bit of surfing, this. I'm sure, in there at some point. Um, I'm really excited to go up to the islands. You know, it's because um, it's also as, as well as that, it's an excuse to go to all the places I haven't been in Scotland that I, and, and revisit some places. So. Yeah, It's just sort of falling back in love with the country a bit.
3: And you know, your show, so the show that's on tonight, um, our has is it one of those that's going to end up on the front page of the papers by Wednesday and Thursday? Is it, you know, in a line of duty kind of way? Do you think it's going to be that big? Does it have that much going on in two, three, and four?
7: I think so. I mean, I mean, line of duty is just sort of its own behemoth these days, you know, last season just got out of hand in some ways, but I definitely, yeah, it's going to get people talking for sure. Um, and but, I mean, you never know. That's the thing. but like, it's kind of that's a scary thing. We're some things we've we've done all we can. It's out of our hands. You know, it's it's going to do what it is. But um, I, I really do think it will get people talking.
3: Cool, because it's not a who done it, is it? It's episode one. Is a more of what's happened and who might have done some of the things that might have happened.
7: Yeah, but those elements then come into it Um, yeah there's some there's some big twists that come that you wouldn't see that you wouldn't see but it's just I think it is exciting but also as I say as an actor it's probably the most emotional most emotionally draining job I've ever done you know and I think people understand that by the time they see all the episodes but yeah it it took a lot out of me to film it but in in a good way sometimes as an actor you kind of get a warped enjoyment of playing those dark depressive roles but Yeah, I was was glad when it was over.
3: Uh, Right, Martin, listen, have a great week. It's going to be a big big one for you, I'm sure. Um, Will you be on other shows talking about this all week? Um, I think I
7: I, I did a big press blitz for it uh, last week, mate. So kind of in some ways, and that's what's great about this being on. It's just it's out this week and it's done, you know, because it can be full on when things are on. So I think you and then I'm off to Alan McCoy's next to rub in the fact that we are top of the league um, and then I think that'll be me
3: <laughs> alright Martin thanks for joining us again thanks for making time and well done to Celtic yesterday Don't man thanks guys all the best cheers pal. bye
0: the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show
6: with Sky. Virgin Radio.
4: If you want to swerve obstacles, kick down doors and make it no matter what the job, then listen closely to our next guest. She's hosting the Breaking Bias panel for International Women's Day tomorrow only on the thesun.co.uk. So please welcome a lady that made the BBC breakfast so for so good. It's Louise Minchin. <laughs> Hi, Louise.
8: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. It's such fun to see you. Well, listen, oh.
3: you're a friend of the show ch- and you're an actual friend. We're actually friends, an actual aren't we? Actual friend, friend, yeah. I'd have your mobile
8: phone, but if you didn't have a I know you don't have a mobile anymore, but I've still got your phone number, just my in case old you can number. It back.
3: <laughs> Did you hear what happened last week? What? Mate of got so sick of me not having a phone. Yeah. He 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 brandished this thing in front this bag in front of me said Look, this is for you. Don't open it till I go around the corner and he bought me a new phone. uh, What did you do with it? I'm giving it back today. Obviously.
8: (laughs) But I've still got the phone number in case you ever change your mind. right.
3: well look, you're here now (laughs) so I'm going to make the most of you, Louise, minchin. Yes. Okay, Breaking Bias panel. Uh, What is this about? Uh, We can watch it tomorrow on thesun.co.uk. What happens today in the recording of it?
8: So today I'm recording a discussion. I think it's about an hour or so. We're going to be talking about Breaking the Bias and what that means for, I suppose, me and our guests as well. Let me tell you about the guest. We've got Anne Haggerty from The Chase. Truly terrifying when she's on The Chase. She's chased me. Uh, but actually, the, have you met her? She's the most wonderfully funny, lovely person. Have had the pleasure. Um, and she's going to be talking to us a little bit about around um, the barriers she faced because met, met many years later in her life, she discovers she's on the autism spectrum. So she'll talk about that. Uh, we've got Charlene White as well, who is obviously a fellow colleague newsreader. Uh, she was the first black woman to present the news at 10.00. Um, So we'll talk to her and also Fern McCann, who I think we'll talk to a little bit about, you know, being judged. Yeah, particularly being a single mum as well. Um, what am I going to talk about? Lots of things. I'm the host, so I like asking so questions. So you have
3: an agenda, I would imagine. You have a sort of journey. Uh, yeah, I have thr- a journey. A, thr- a vector that you want yes. to, to follow.
8: Yes, I love the way you say that. Um, I've thought about it I'm on the train on the, we're very early this morning. <laughs> Thanks for making me up, get get up extra earlier. So Can we you just speak? I we had just wanted yet. some Minchin juice on our show. We heard you were going uh, to be in
3: town, so we said, let's get her on
8: the I show. Think, I think the first thing I want to I would I'm going to ask them actually is, and it's kind of difficult saying this in front of you because you're so super confident. But I think as women, we tend to undersell ourselves. Mm. So I want to ask them what they're most proud of. Because I think sometimes we sort of pretend, I don't know, we sort of cover it up or, you know, I've done some crazy stuff and I just say, oh, that's crazy stuff. But actually, I should be possibly more proud of the things I've done. Yeah, no, I get it completely. Um, I, I th- and shout about it. Like you shouted about International Women's Day. It's yeah. wonderful to hear. Well, it. you
3: just, why not? Give it all the juice, <laughs> give it all the beans. Because we know how this ends. How does it end? our lives we know how our lives end uh, yes you know it's not no secret no, you know so we might l- as well enjoy it and absolutely shout about this it. is no re- this is not a rehearsal let's <laughs> let's crack on and let's give it everything that's worthy of it all our oxygen because yeah. as you do if you if you free yourself up from whatever those psychological shackles might be yeah. you don't get you don't get all the oxygen, you get more because there's so much, because oxygen breeds oxygen.
8: So the thing that I'm because uh, I obviously have to ask myself that question yeah. don't I as well and um, one of the things I did on BBC Breakfast and I can't believe I'm about to talk about this on Virgin Radio but this is the point yeah. um, I talked about going through menopause and I was so nervous and so scared because I thought oh my gosh it's a massive taboo, people are going to think my brain doesn't work and I'm absolutely useless and all the rest of it. So I sort of took a big deep breath and were right, like right, it was like jumping off a cliff and you don't know what you're going to land in Um, And I got such an incredible response from the audience who were just like, thank goodness you're talking about this, you're explaining it. I got so much love from men actually going, oh my gosh, you've explained so much about my wife. And so I think you're right, you've just got to... Release the shackles of your own inhibition yeah, yeah. sometimes and then you maybe help other people as well.
3: Without, no, not no, there's no maybe about it. It's unquestionable, you know, and it's about vulnerability. It's about honesty. It's about facing your fear. It's about all those different things. I remember a few years ago, um, I think it may be 10 years ago now, you know, I, I woke up one day and I went to, to, to the loo you know um and i saw something there which was which was unignorably worrying well done and Um, did you go to the doctor well i did because it's what killed my dad right so i went to the doctors and i went i ended up having a colonoscopy and Mm -hmm. they found two polyps right and the polyps are the chandeliers that cancer hangs on that's the deal yeah you know so if you cut them out they they may not be cancerous at the time but if you cut them out you've 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 sort of uh cut out for now um, yeah. this, the 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 supply chain that cancer needs to to kill you on um and i talked about it and that was 2 3 two, 3 years um after it happened i talked about it yeah. and we got this message response and everybody thanked me about for it and i said no, not a problem and i wrote about it in one of the papers and uh, this week i'm going for another one Good. Um, and and it's funny because because i am now the age that my dad was when he died now bear in mind the fact that had i not had those polyps cut out when i was 45 you might not be here. i might not be here it, you know there's a very high chance that I, I i wouldn't be here and we know that colon cancer is, is, is the least preventable if caught too late and the most preventable if caught early. You know, and again, it's I'm just, I'm just getting back to your vulnerability so you, thing. So
8: the point is, any, there will be people listening today yeah. who will go to the loo and, yeah. think, and think of you and go, oh, gosh, that doesn't look right. And the point is, yeah. you speak about it, they... Please go to the doctor if you are that person. Yeah, yeah. And that makes a
3: difference. A hundred percent. Right. Louise, can I th- can I throw a suggestion into What the... What, what right is here. it? I, okay. I,
8: I, it's always very nerve-wracking seeing you, Chris, because you're going to come up with something. No, I'm not
3: at all. So, this, with Liz, you're hearing Louise mentioned talking to us now about her Breaking Bias panel. And the Breaking Bias panel is going to take place today. We're going to record it today. And it's going to be broadcast tomorrow um, at thesun.co.uk. Now you said you're gonna you're gonna you've got about an hour of conversation discussion with yes. your three amazing guests. Can I just suggest that you go on for longer? Because any of your guests, any one of those guests with you, would be a really fantastic hour. And when I see these these sort of seminars online, and they're an hour long, I think no, no, either just just have a one on one, or if it's going to be you and three, give us two hours of gold mm. because people love long form nowadays. It
8: sort of will go on in some ways because we're talking again. We've got some um, young girls who are going to be in the audience, and we're talking about mentoring, which again. It's one of the things I've done over the last year and a half. I sent myself in lockdown on a mentoring course because, I again, being being me, uh, people did ask me if they want to be ment if I would mentor them, and I just thought, oh, I can't do that until I know how to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's really important. So hopefully, it will continue in some form. Do you see what I mean? Some pe- some of the young girls there will be mentored today, but I think that's another. You know, you take people under your wing the whole time, Chris. I know you do, and I think that's another really important thing to be doing. But I don't know. I would love to to chat for longer but we won't I think it'll be 1 hour Could Well hello
3: to all the family we're way over Oh uh, thank you so much this Listen, has never it's, it's, on the BBC it's, Take it's 37. such a
8: pleasure we're
3: 7 minutes late for the 8:30 headlines Sorry <laughs> No it's fine isn't it This <laughs> yeah. is the world which we now inhabit which is really world the freedom and liberty Joyful and equality <laughs> And breaking bias penalty. Yes, thank you okay. very much. Recording today for tomorrow, breaking bias panel with Louise Minchin and her uh, Uber qualified gorgeous pals. Uh, today, 11am till 12pm on the news building 17th floor. Watch tomorrow via this on Okay? See you soon. You're awesome. We love you.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with
6: Sky. Virgin Radio.
3: We've heard from a bunch of undeniably stunning guests already, but hold your horses because still to come, let's be Amina. The culinary whiz and majority shareholder of Norwich City, Delia Smith, takes us through her mind-bending brand new guru book, You Matter, The Human Solution. Sky News political editor Beth Rigby lifts the lid on her new weekly current affairs show with a very special first guest. Beth Rigby interviews is the name. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, was the very special guest. Fox Fresh Country Music Marvel Morgan Wade wowed us all from the top of the tower and told us all about her debut chart-shattering album *Reckless*. Immunologist extraordinaire Dr. Jenna Matyoki brings tips from her infectiously brilliant new book *Your Blueprint for Strong Immunity* and the coolest of all, the rock star's skin. Looks ahead to the Skunk and Nancy 25 Live at 25 Tour, two and a half years late because of COVID. So let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next?
4: Food may be her passion, but people are what really matter. Her life-pondering new book, You Matter, The Human Solution, is out now. So simmer the existential questioning until thickened, add a teaspoon of consciousness (laughs) and a pinch of global connectedness to taste. It's the one and only Delia Smith! Oh,
3: my goodness me! Hello, Delia!
9: Hello, Chris. How are you today? I'm really
3: good. All the better for seeing you. Oh, my goodness me, you look amazing. How is life in the Delia Smith world?
9: Pretty good, yes, it's pretty good, yeah.
3: This book is amazing. Uh, None of us had any idea (laughs) of the contents of it until we started reading it yesterday. We knew it was something different because we were told it wasn't a cookbook. Delia Smith, You Matter, The Human Solution, so where did this book come from, from deep within your soul, in your psyche, in your very being, and what would you like it to achieve?
9: Um, Well, it came from... um, I'm very, very old now, Chris. It came from a lifetime of thought of deep thought and being passionate to find out about everything. And um, it took me five years to write. But what I want it to achieve is for the human species, the whole human race to believe in themselves.
3: It's a, it's a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful book. And, you know, it, I was surprised at the content of the book just because I wasn't expecting it. But then when I thought about you, having read a couple of chapters before I, I read the rest of it, I thought, no, this makes complete sense because you've always had this sort of grounded zen about you. Uh, but the specifics of mindfulness came to you sort of in the second half of your life. Would that be right?
9: No, no. Right from the beginning. Really? Yeah. Because what happened was <clears throat> my mother... When I was about five, Mm. she put me to bed too early. And I knew it was too early because all the kids were out playing. But I couldn't go to sleep. So I started having this sort of time of thought and reflection right from the age of five. And because I had it every night, um, it sort of grew into something that I needed. So for the rest of my life, I always needed to have quiet time for thought. And then about 20 years ago... just at the turn of this century, I read a book by an Indian Sufi who said, you know, if you want to really get serious about spirituality, about knowing yourself, then you must commit yourself to at least 30 minutes every day and um, the optimum amount of time should be an hour. But he knew, as I know now when I'm saying it to you, it's the hardest thing on earth for anyone to do is to sit down... Be by themselves and be still and quiet. So he said, start with ten minutes, yeah. then go up to um, twenty minutes, and then go up to half an hour. He said, and then then you'll get addicted and you'll you'll do an hour with no problem. And he was right.
3: So so how was your journey? Take us through that then. How did, how did you experience it? How how did he become right? What did you feel? What did you sense? When did it? Does it ever get easier? When is that point of that tipping point of uh, inflection?
9: Yeah, uh, it's not hard. The only thing that's hard is actually being still you know we're not used to being still and silent so that's the hard bit but there's nothing else to it and i don't like the word meditation i don't like the word mindfulness it's just being still and silent and letting your own mind do what it wants to do and if it's teeming which mine always is yeah then okay that's fine but gradually and gradually um, you you begin to you begin to think more deeply, and you begin to go in your life more deeply. So everything in your life has a deeper aspect.
3: And do you, do you think you think more deeply, or you you still because Eckhart Tolle wrote that great book called the Speaks. And You know, is it is it are you thinking more, or are you are you quietening your inner being to the extent that you can then hear your real voice?
9: No, I don't think so. I think. Um, It's more simple than that. And I think the most important thing to know is you don't have to achieve anything at all. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You just have to be still and silent by yourself and get to know yourself. And that that is as old as we are because it comes from Socrates.
3: Yeah, you you ask um, not um, not what we are. You do ask what we are as well in parts of the book, but you get on uh, very quickly to why we are. That's that's the bigger question, as far as you're concerned.
9: Yeah, well, I think we all have to question that. I think what we all have to learn is that we don't know much, but we know that we're in this big universe. We're a tiny little planet. And there's life on it. And as far as we know, there isn't life on any other planet. So that must be about something, mustn't it?
3: Yeah, no. It's funny because you're the second person in uh, almost as many days to talk about that because the last one was an astronaut. I know you you quote an astronaut in your book. Uh, Tim Peake was in here the other day. Right. And he says, because obviously he's seen the (laughs) the Earth from space, which must be an incredible thing. Um, And he says, our planet is so much more beautiful. You know, if it was a garden of flowers... There is a standout flower, and it's our planet.
9: I know, I know, and I think that's a good way to to be still and silent. To lead, look. in my book, I've got I've quoted astronauts, and it's good to just take the words of astronauts, you know, because they can really see it. And can you imagine being outside our planet now, looking in? Maybe there is some technology that enables us to actually look in, mm. and what would we see? We would see a human race killing children,
3: hmm. um, 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 amidst the backdrop of a beautiful planet. In all that beauty, that, give, that, that it was born as we were, with everything we ever needed, yeah, and did, would ever need.
9: Did you see? Don't look up.
3: Yeah, of course.
9: That last word, those last words, just let's all remember them. We have
3: everything. Yeah, we have everything. We are enough, aren't we? we? Are. Tealy, thanks so much. Thank do, you. do you think Norwich are going to stay up?
9: I don't know. I don't
4: know. Okay, I'm well, like
9: it's... you. What's your
4: team? I'm, I'm Fulham. Fulham? Yeah.
9: Well, they're going we'll, up.
4: We'll wave to you on the... <laughs>
9: oh, va- shit, you can't tell out to do this, Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I've been there
4: 20 years. can't be do a high five. <laughs> we're, we're very similar teams, actually. Up, down, up, down, up, down. The
0: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: She's the voice of an angel, backed by a band of devils. That's right, Skunk Anansie are hitting the road later this month to celebrate 25 years of making beautiful, face-melting music. So please welcome a lady that looks way too young to be celebrating 25 it's years of anything. Fair. It's this is fair. majestic skin. Hi, skin. Uh, hello. Hello. Hello.
10: Hello. Hello. You, <laughs> you look... guys are too sweet, too sweet. Thank you for that. Well, also, we're
3: just speaking the truth, you know. We're not blowing Aww. smoke where the sun don't shine. You look the same as you did when I first ever met you. Which no, I wish. I wish. Years... You do. No, no you no, do have You I've can't seen the pictures. see yourself. You... I suppose you have.
10: <laughs> I've seen the pictures. Uh, all right,
3: tell us about you and Brad Adams then.
10: Oh, um um <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. um I, 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 You're still terrible. You've well, been no, right because you, No, there. because you took, he took
3: a photograph of you, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah,
10: yeah. That's, did, what, yeah, so,
3: yeah. that's all yeah. I was talking about talking about. (laughs) Unless it's something else you want to reference.
10: Out of myself there. Um, Yeah, no, he did. He took the most gorgeous picture of me. Um, If I was, if I wasn't like, I'd be just red now, right now. Okay, I did snogging once. I did.
3: (laughs) I didn't ask you about that. I didn't know about that.
10: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you had it in your eyes. You saw it in your eyes. eyes. I did. It's been a very
3: emotional morning. I've had a lot in my eyes this morning (laughs) for various different reasons. And,
10: uh, and, And it's gorgeous. I still have it in my house right now, actually. It's uh, it's okay. fantastic. But now you
3: mentioned it back to the snog. <laughs> <laughs> what was the photograph for? How, how what was
10: it? Um- it was for his book. I think one of his first books, and uh, and we have been friends for a long time. I've not seen him ages, so it's nice. It's He's nice. great. He's great. Creeped up on me from behind. All right.
3: So he is touring. You are touring. Okay. Now tell us about the chronology of the twenty fifth anniversary tour.
10: Well, you know, it's now like twenty seven. I was going <laughs> to say <laughs>
3: it's,
10: <laughs> it's 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 stretched it out. But no, we started it in t- uh, twenty nineteen, and then of course we did most of it, and then COVID hit, um, and now we're kind of finished it off, but at the same time, we've got new music coming and all that kind of stuff happening, so it's kind of a bit of that, and as it been Skunk and Nancy, you know, we've got to do new stuff and brand new show and brand new looks and everything, so it's a bit of that and then a bit of a nod to the future
3: But what's interesting about it well, lots of this stuff is interesting about it. What's particularly interesting to me is you've al- you already know how this tour is going to be because, like you say, you've started it.
10: Yeah. Well, yeah. We've 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 kind of had to, and in the first the first two weeks we had to redo because um, Italy closed down, Poland closed down. So uh, yeah, we're finally going out on tour. And it's going to be amazing. Brand new show, uh, a bit more theatrical. New outfits, you know. Really new outfits. For you. Very exciting, and it's um yeah, it's going to be killer.
3: Right. skunk is where you need to go for everything. Skunkandnancy including uh, tickets for this uh, 25, uh, live at 25 slash 27 at a Um <laughs> And uh, sold out, uh, which is good to see. Uh, not if you want to go, obviously, in Nottingham and Brighton and Cardiff and Bristol, but you can uh, still go to like Leicester, Liverpool, Guildford, Folkestone, and this is all in um, end of March, beginning of April and through April to the beginning of um, June. Uh, yeah. Here we go. So you got got uh, Glasgow, Newcastle, City Hall, O2 Academies, that kind of uh, size um, arena, which is perfect for you, isn't it?
10: Yeah. Yeah, uh, still can kind of see the whites of everybody's eyes, but yeah. just get, turn up the volume. Well, you can yeah. still
3: connect, can't you, I suppose?
10: Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, we start actually in Bilbao on... on um, uh, next week, Next week we start in Bilbao, Spain, and then we come back to England.
3: What I love about you is everything, all right? But in particular <laughs> is your voice. So when you talk, it sounds like you're, you might be about to burst into song because you, your musicality, the musicality in your speaking voice
10: is... Is evidence. I got, I got such a weak, I got such a soft little voice, soft little voice like a little kitten, Chris.
3: Well, you say that, kitten. you say, but you,
10: for me. But- it's like a, it's
3: like a sort of fuse waiting to be lit, yeah, exactly, uh, li- leading to a detonator. But it's it's so gorgeous, you know, and you're so powerful on stage. But it does sound like that because some yeah. people don't sound anything like they do when they're singing when they're talking.
10: Uh, it was weird because I can't hear myself now. I just think I sound like 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 a child. And then I put, <laughs> and then put the mic on, and all of a sudden I just go.
3: Yeah, but but I don't know if you, this isn't breaking news. But children can be quite loud if they want to. <laughs> yeah,
10: I'm finding that out actually.
3: It's the same kind of thing. So how's the how's the how's the, how's the t- team how's the band how are they feeling
10: they're very good uh, i think they're on their way to rehearsals i go straight to rehearsals after that and everyone's just really happy i mean i think it's just been a it's been a hard thing for bands i, I think you I know, know it's it's i think we're probably the most unsupported uh part of the creative creative masses in this country when it came to COVID you are i mean
3: not by but the paying public uh, mm. because you know we witnessed a first because i carfest north last year was the first live event along with latitude to happen yeah. once um, we opened up again and we witnessed you know the first performances of many mm-hmm. artists and uh, they they were as emotional and in many cases more emotional than the audience um, because they they had revisited gratitude for what they did
10: for a living. Do you know, I think that some of the parents that be would just love it if we all just sat in front of our computers and I think if, if there is any kind of silver lining, it's that people really love the fact that they go out and they meet people and they touch people and all those, that idea of going out and experiencing things and being in the room when things happen. I think people have reconnected with that, you know, the vibe. You, if you're not there, you're not there yeah. and you can't see everything on, on a, well that's why training.
3: live events are so important because because for people who find themselves constantly distracted and sometimes aren't, aren't even aware of that you are sucked into the moment yeah when you go to a live event yeah
10: well, uh, you're, it's something special that you've witnessed and, and you, you can and have and as a memory yeah, yeah
3: with other people because yeah, exactly. they do say about meditation won't well, go about it, i promise but you know it's it's often easier when you do it with other people uh, because if you can't sort of access your own stillness you can beat off theirs and then somehow you discover yours and it's not dissimilar when you're at a gig.
10: I always feel like I've got an itch on the back of my neck though you had know that, <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, it's like I'm like, mm, okay, I've got this itch now. How, how? I don't know how you do it. How'd do you do it? I can't concentrate that hard.
3: Because that's because it's second to second. People think it's it's minute to minute or ten minutes to ten minutes. It's second to second.
10: Is it, so, that's, 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 that's a good analogy. It's second so it's, to second. It's just second to second.
3: It's three seconds in, three seconds out. You're there. Boom. It's not a journey. It's instant. Like, it's yeah. flick, you flick the switch. That's what it is. It's not a lever. It's a switch. Yeah, we're on. We're doing <laughs> okay,
10: it. Okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it with that in mind. Could have a go later. I might last go. ten seconds. We could
3: have a go later. Do you want to do it together?
10: Okay. We All could right. do. Yeah. Could Get in do. there. Get in
3: there. Right, skin. It's been a wonder, a dream, a joy having you here again.
10: Thank you. And you know, it's just like it's, uh, you know, you're one of those guys. You've always been there for us. So really appreciate that. Mate, thank you're thank you.
3: welcome. And we'll always be here for you. Um, Skunk and Nancy UK tour twenty five live at twenty five beginning Friday twenty fifth. She did snog Brian Adams once, but. <laughs> To be honest, we've all been there.
11: Oh uh, well, you know. I think I've kisser, I I know.
3: I agree. I think I've done three <laughs> times in the nineties. <laughs> Two of which you may have been aware of. <laughs> right, we've got to go.
6: See ya. Thank you.
4: You rock the best of the Chris
0: Evans Breakfast
4: Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: From Westminster and beyond our next guest is the fountain of all tip-top political knowledge. Her latest programme Beth Rigby Interviews starts tonight at 9pm. It's on Sky News. It's new. It's about the news. Who knew we did and now you do. It's
3: Beth Rigby! Beth we're big fans just so you know we are completely all in we're all on board uh, as far as the Beth Show is concerned regardless what you're doing or where you're doing it. But tonight a brand new show. Uh, Tell us all about it. It's a big deal because when you get your own show as a, a political correspondent on Sky, you know, it's a real sort of feather in the cap. You get your Adam Bolton, you get your Kay Burley, you get your safe fridge. Um, so tell us all about that ascendancy, your own ascendancy, if you very dare, and what might be on the show tonight.
5: Well, what we're going to do is we've got this new interview show, but it's not just about politics. So I'm going to get to interview lots of people from all different walks of life. In fact, Chris, maybe you could come on one day. That would be nice. That would be nice. But- that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, but tonight it is quite political, actually, because we've got the PM on tonight. So that's good. We've got an interview with the prime minister coming tonight. Um, so that is quite a political start to the show, isn't it?
3: I think but, I think you could frame it as that, I suppose. that, that is this the first time that that's been revealed? Because we unders- we knew there was a big name um, going down this evening, uh, but we weren't quite sure. What a- I,
5: think Sky, I think Sky put it out just a little while ago, but right. yeah, we've um, we've only we've only announced that this morning. But obviously, because of because of everything that's going on, on in Ukraine, um, it's a really good get because there's so many questions to ask him, isn't there, about what's going on in the UK response? So I've got to hot foot it up up north. I can't say where, but I've got to go from here, get on a train, go and interview him, come back, and then we're going to do the show live at 9pm tonight on Sky News. Good for you. So yeah. it's not happening yet, so you don't know how
3: that's that's going to go.
5: Um, do you have an
3: idea of how long you're going to interview him for and what that might end up as on the show this evening?
5: Well, I'm hoping, Chris, that I'll get, hopefully I'll get about 20 to 25 minutes with him. Right. Uh, that would be ideal. Uh, I just have to keep saying And one final question and see if I can <laughs> minutes to 20. Sometimes I succeed. We'll see. Uh, Beth, when you get, you know, when you when you are as you always are, um, confronted
3: by somebody who doesn't really want to to answer the question you've asked, um, you know, you have to all spin your own magical web of trying to navigate around that.
5: Without giving too much away, uh, do you have any go tos? What, well, when I'm trying to get someone to answer, no, I'm I'm sort of quite simple about it. I just keep asking the question and then just eventually give up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very clever about it. I'm a bit of a blunt instrument when yeah, it comes. But that's to that. what
3: I love, though. I love,
5: keep it simple, Beth. Keep it simple. keep it simple, so everyone can understand what I'm doing.
3: Yeah. So for, obviously, this is a, a really big deal for you to have your own show. I mean, you know, it does sort of go with the territory, I suppose. It's a big tick in the the uh, box of, uh, of from as far as a vote of confidence from your employees is concerned.
5: I'd like I'd hope so I'd like to think so yeah um John John Riley who runs Sky News came 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 to me actually with the idea late last year and he said wouldn't it be great to have a, a place on the channel where we can sort of sit big interviews not just politics but from all walks of life so be it people in entertainment footballers and sports stars authors businessmen you know people that run public bodies like the NHS or or Ofsted, which expects schools, you know, like people from all walks of life that are interesting, interesting to the public um, and put them in one show once a week and they have a sort of appointment to view. And he said, what do you think? Do you like it? And would you do it? And I was like, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, but I have, I have, I I am starting off with two political guests, so I'm not sure I've exactly fitted his brief tonight. But, you know, he and I can talk about that afterwards if he tells yeah, me. Yeah, Beth Rigby. I've got the PM for him. He'll be okay. Yeah,
3: he'll be happy with that. Uh, Beth Rigby interview starts tonight at 9 pm on Sky News, uh, weekly on Thursday from uh, now ongoing. How did it all start for you, this journalism thing?
5: How, oh, how did I become. Wow. Well, um, It started because I got some work experience at the Financial Times about 100 years ago and and I did some work experience and I really liked it and they liked me so they just kept me on. So I'd like to say there was a grand (laughs) plan but it was all completely random like most things in my career. Uh, I'm not very good at planning things. Yeah, but um,
3: I think people who sort of retrospectively tell us about their grand plan are just sort of reverse engineering think, exactly what's happened to you and me and
5: uh, lots of other people. I, I would like to have a grand plan. Though. I think it sounds grand and I would like to be grander, <laughs> but, but I don't have one. So it was, it was uh, like I left university. A friend of mine worked there. He got me some work experience and then I then I was off and I never looked back. And I I worked at the FT for 18 years, Chris. Can you believe it? And what about and I, your, and, what about your first day on we, Sky?
3: Huh? What about your first day on Sky? What did you do?
5: Oh, I was just I was absolutely hopeless. <laughs> I was I, I sort of went on telly and it was actually I remember it was the London um Mayor, it was the London Assembly elections. And I went on telly and had to do a live, and I just do you ever get that? I don't know. I, I it's not so bad now, but when I first started, because I get so nervous, I used to just get red. So it would start in my neck, yeah, and the flush would go <laughs> up my face. Uh so I just look like a sort of barely speaking, red faced, uncomfortable person on television. So, you know, we've 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 come a bit of away since then well
3: hang on because now
5: i think the antithesis
3: of that because you make me feel very comfortable watching uh you know uh political news because you seem so either at ease or just not bothered about being on the telly Do you know there's a there seems to be a real a useful lack of ego there now obviously there has to be one because we all get our drive from somewhere but that's how you make me feel and that's why i like watching you on
5: the telly well that's i mean I, to be honest chris uh, i really hate watching myself back on telly yeah um so I I don't I if I if I if I think about it that you're kind of performing and everyone's watching you it sort of freaks me out so I try not to think about that and what I actually try and think about is I think about my dad watching me and I'm talking to my dad right and dad that like dad sort of my dad's my audience just my dad and if it's just my dad uh then it feels all normal and I can do that but if I actually think about who's really watching me i i i freak out so i try not to do that.
3: beth r- really good luck with it let us know how it goes you're always welcome uh, to come on the show and
5: trail uh, big guests you know now and again if you want to if you if you feel it's the right thing to do good luck with the pm thank you and, uh, and i'll be sending my bidding to you chris so i'll see you soon on my show how's that all right okay um i'll, I'll let you know
0: <laughs> thanks beth the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: From rehearsing in a basement to getting a pat on the back from Rolling Stone magazine, she's been on some journey. The deluxe version of her debut album, Reckless, is out now, so please welcome the country queen that you'll all be worshipping in no time. It's Morgan Wade! Yeah. Hello, hello. Hey, how are you?
3: Very well, how are you? I'm good. Oh, my goodness me, you're so cool and calm and collected. We're so excited to have you here. Um, congratulations on Thank you. To begin with. Um, Now, you know, there's no point in preaching to the choir because you already have millions of fans around the world. Rolling Stone have now uh, declared your album, your debut album, as the number one uh, country album of the year, which is awesome. Uh, But a lot of my audience, our audience, won't know who you are. So do you want to sort of give them the elevator pitch of more? Because it's important, isn't it?
11: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed the uh, little little tidbit there from rehearsing in a basement to... (laughs) Yeah, no. I, I'm. Uh, this is obviously my first time out of the U.S., so I'm here sharing that with you. Have passport,
3: so. will travel. Yes, yes.
11: Um, yeah, no. Just born and raised in a small town in Virginia, and um, didn't have been writing songs since I was like seven years old. Was, Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I uh, for as long as I can remember was writing songs. Um, there was like an unofficial singing group in school and I was the only kid that didn't make it I was told my voice was really strange so I just I was like yep that's it you know it kind of knocked me down a little bit and I was like all right I'm not gonna sing I'm just gonna this is something I'm just gonna do for me and that was at a very young age and then at the age of 19 I went through a breakup my freshman year of college and decided to get him back I was going to form a band So I got on Craigslist. I found some men looking... (laughs) God, as bad as it sounds. I found some men that that needed a a singer. And so I went to this random house and right down in the basement. And uh, fortunately, it was you know i lived to tell this story Yeah, so
3: you pitched up didn't you and there were people on the veranda smoking weed outside and all this kind of stuff was going mm-hmm. on yeah. and you went for it and here you are today
11: and here i am i'm alive i mean <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot
3: happening between obviously <laughs> uh, so you're here to play the country to Crunch, uh, country uh, music festival at the o2 you've mm-hmm. already appeared on stage what happened last night
11: yeah we did uh, it was a really cool songwriters round and um yeah got to come out and play a song and get to hear the crowd you guys are great over here very quiet while we play and then you react great i was told you listen like a sober crowd react like a drunk oh crowd. i
6: like that so, sounds, yeah. sounds like
3: one of your lyrics
11: yeah it? i know
6: <laughs>
3: <get> <laughs> all right so uh, why don't you uh, treat us now uh, to the the song that's uh, just smashing it all over the world if you don't mind uh, let's let's have it now please if you don't mind morgan yeah. this is live right in front of us
11: Put in my hair and you said A pretty so devious Rode in from the Windy City Yeah, well I ain't got a clear view Woo! Oh, it's me! me. Yeah.
3: I know you play that last in your gigs, and you? it's the last song in the Crag Go Wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, they really are drunk by that time, uh, one way or another, <laughs> yeah, aren't they? Right, right. See, I, I, I mean, you do what you do, and I do what I do, and we all do what we all do, but I would play that song twice. I'd play it at the beginning and the end. That's what <laughs> I'd just play. In fact, you just play that all the time. Having said that, uh, the album is, you know, they just keep on coming. 16 tracks on the album. I know you finished with one of your favourite covers, Suspicious Minds, which you absolutely mm-hmm. adore. But so, I don't know how old you are. How old are you now?
11: Uh, 27.
3: So, so much seems to have gone on. Is, these songs are so deep, they're so rich. We had Brian Adams on the show on Wednesday. He famously had an album called Reckless as well. And he was talking about his first album back then. And he signed for A&M for a dollar. You know, and it's, it's so long ago. Brian's 62 now, 15 albums in. You uh-huh. know, so many hits around the world. But you're in that situation now. Mm-hmm. How did that deal unfold for you? Because I know it's been a crazy 12 months.
11: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Reckless has been out for almost a year. It'll be a year like next week, I think. And, um, yeah, I released it on an independent label, uh, out in Nashville. How, so, how
3: does that work for other people listening? who might want to do the same. Uh,
11: or yeah. Try. So it was, it was a lot of, uh, demos and just, I, I had no, we didn't have any money. And so we just started to make the record and we we're like, we're just going to make something we want and pay for it. However we can. And, um, 30 tigers, happened to hear and i just i had labels starting to contact me right was
3: it one song in particular was it the voice or was it a different sound or or what it it was
11: yeah i think it was just a combination of things i don't i don't know i guess it was just meant obviously meant to be um so i signed with 30 tigers and we put reckless out and it had been out maybe a month and that's when the major labels started coming around right how did that feel um you know at the time it was like it was great but I was like ah, I'm happy where I'm at you know you guys are gonna have to have one heck of a deal to to Good you know because me- I owned everything you know I was yeah. in such a great position and when you
3: say that you have to mean it otherwise it doesn't work yeah
11: yeah and um that's that's when you know uh a lot of different major labels came around and we started taking meetings and uh, was that fun no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it, was a, it you know we were in such a weird time too, so everything was like Skype, oh, and you right. know doing a lot of these meetings. I see. Um, and is so- it
3: obvious when you take meetings like that from big record companies who means business and who really wants you and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Does it jump out?
11: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know, obviously Sony Music Nashville, they were they were the ones I went with. So, uh, they were they were the ones that meant business. Did
3: you get the deal you wanted?
11: I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh I, I. There's some Sony people here now. <laughs> they seem yeah. to be very nice. Like yeah, Sony I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm that's why they're Sony here, because I got them for a lot. That's so. cool,
3: man. That is cool. That is cool. Uh, Morgan, have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Okay, great to see you over here.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
6: Virgin Radio.
4: If you're in a constant state of sniffles and almost always sold on a cold, then listen closely to our next guest. Her latest bug-beating book, Your Blueprint for Strong Immunity, is out now. So please welcome the infectious awesomeness of Dr. Jenna Machoke. Come Good morning,
3: Jenna. Thanks for being here.
12: Thanks for having me. Thanks for this book.
3: Thanks for doing so much heavy lifting on our behalf.
12: (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a Oh my goodness
3: me. Seriously, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, it sounds like a heavy, read. it sounds quite dry, your blueprint for strong immunity, but it is a page turn. It really is. It's fantastic. So why do we need this book?
12: because we all have an immune system and it's really our wellness system. We tend to only think about it when we get, you know, those familiar sniffles of the, you know, the the seasonal lurgy but actually your immune system touches on every aspect of your mental and physical health so it's about staying well today but also staying well in the future so definitely something that everybody needs to be aware of. Yeah
3: because there's being unwell physically you know and and feeling and experiencing the doldrums of that but psychologically it's just and you can feel when it's coming on and it's such a drag you know I'm experiencing the the first um, echoes of hay fever today, Ah, yesterday and the day before and every year I leave today to check before I yep. go and get my steroid injection and and I was think why it's always going to be hay fever yeah. it's been hay fever for 35 <laughs> years you know and I had, the, mm-hmm. I had the non-covid cold five weeks ago couldn't uh, shake it off because of the weather and this kind yeah, of stuff yeah you know and I try and keep really really healthy and you say here it's not about being healthy it's about being healthier
12: yeah exactly we kind of think about this destination that we're trying to get to um with our health and I think that means we set it out too high you know we we set the bar high, we're going to go to the gym this many times a week, eat well every day and then something comes up and we fall at the first hurdle and then we start feeling bad about ourselves and that cycle is no good for anyone. So it's kind of like the small, sustainable, little things we can do yeah. every day that actually it's like the aggregation of marginal gains. Yes, yeah, so
3: we don't set the bar too high and mm-hmm. we make everything accessible and try and latch it onto something that we yeah. already do automatically.
12: Exactly. It's part immunology, it's part psychology. It really is.
3: Tell us about your history for a bit, if you don't mind.
12: Yeah, so I grew up in Scotland. Uh, I come from a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, then uh, went kind of just fell into this field by chance. I was really fascinated by the human body and health and disease. Why does it go wrong? Why do people get sick? And uh, immunology just seemed to be the place to go and answer those questions and I really fell in love with it. So it's been more than 20 years now and still really passionate about my subject area.
3: Now you do look very well, which I suppose (laughs) is quite important, isn't it? When you're peddling a (laughs) a book like this. You can't transmit what you haven't got. (laughs) So we know now about your knowledge journey. When did your own experience Health journey begin?
12: Uh, I think when I was uh, working in London in my 20s and, you know, tittering on the edge of burnout. And I was like, I'm spending my days trying to unpick this fascinating system, our immune system. But yet I'm not applying any of the theory to my own life. And then there was kind of this moment where well, I've got all this knowledge at my fingertips. Now I just need to put it into practice in the day to day. And I think that's where a lot of people find it hard because we do have a lot of messaging around our health. Yeah but somehow there's a gap between putting that into practice. So with this book, I really wanted to help people find their own blueprint, their own kind of path from their own starting point, because your immune system's really built over time by your experiences. So we're all slightly different. And once you know your baseline, then you can start to incrementally build on that.
3: Beautifully put. And they do say a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, but more than a little knowledge can be a useful thing. And that's why I love your book. I really love it. Honestly, I think it's, it's such a comprehensive journey. And it's the first time ever I've been reading a book for the show in preparation for an interview. And I've said to myself and then said to the team out loud, this has got to be a two-parter because it's it's too good to try and fit into one interview. So you're welcome back.
12: Oh, I would love that. So don't worry about the fact we might not get
3: halfway through the book. That's all on purpose. Oh,
12: brilliant. Um, Because it's so
3: good. Uh, Forget about boosting. It's all about balance. Speak to that, if you will, for a while.
12: Yes. So immune boosting is kind of this marketing term. I think of it as like the new greenwashing, you know, when we have products marketed as environmentally friendly, instead of actually making them environmentally friendly. I think immune boosting is kind of like immune washing is the new greenwashing. You know, with COVID, we see products everywhere marketed that they're going to boost your immune system. But there's no scientifically correct way to boost your immune system, except maybe with a vaccine booster. But we really want to balance this system because actually half of it is turning the other half off. So you need to make sure that you're in balance. To boost you have things like allergies this awful hay fever season that we're entering into or autoimmune disease if it's too low then you're going to open the door to infections so it needs to be in balance
3: right it's also a fun book because you get us to do things in the book (laughs) or you suggest that we might and you do i do want to do all this stuff chapter three write your own immunobiography
12: yep exactly because you know As I said, it's built over time, this amazing system. It's not something we're born with, it's made um, by our experiences. It's gonna change depending on your life stage, your age, your health status. So if you can sort of look back over the course of your life and start to think about things that might have shaped your health, Not only physical things, antibiotics you may have got, then, you know, um, trauma, psychological trauma you may have experienced. That's got you to where you are today. And then you can start to shape your own path forward.
3: All right. Listen, great to talk to you. You did not disappoint. Your book's awesome. You're (laughs) awesome. Your blueprint for strong immunity, Dr. Jenna uh, Machiocchi.
12: Machiocchi yeah. Machiocchi
3: <laughs> Machiocchi so you're, you're Scottish Italian or
12: yeah yeah my husband is Italian oh right there you go okay
3: well done well done and uh, you should have a retreat you know sound of so your mum you know cooking and you on a farm in Scotland she should yeah.
12: run, you should run some
3: kind of retreat we'd all sign up for that oh
12: that would be amazing, would be amazing that would be it? the dream alright well
3: done thank you so much
12: no problem okay, thanks good for luck. having
7: me uh, Vasco, you enjoyed the book immensely as well didn't you not only did I enjoy it I, uh, I made the chickpeas from it which is literally oh. the easiest thing chickpeas olive oil oven and and i got loads of credit for it at home yesterday
6: as if i was some kind of genius
0: the best of the chris evans breakfast
6: show with sky virgin radio
3: thank you so much for listening to this the podcast of the virgin radio breakfast show don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our virgin radio breakfast show with sky